0: Hey, what's up, guys? It's Rico here, CEO of SourceFind Asia, co host of the main China podcast, and the host of the SourceFind Asia YouTube channel. Back with another podcast. This one's a video podcast. So if you want to listen to this, then you can listen to this. If you want to watch the video, check out the YouTube channel. So, yeah, this episode uh, basically, we've been working on a pretty crazy project with a company called Event Fuel. They're based out of Ireland. And, you know, they were an event company, obviously, with the name. Uh, but obviously with covid they had to restructure how they do their events so they started doing digital events and then they wanted to keep the engagement so they started to get people more involved with the digital events like giving gift boxes and games and stuff like that that are used you know during some of the events and stuff and they have a partnership with a pretty large company Uh, you might have heard of them they're called paypal and so you know they were doing their end of year event like a christmas sort of giveaway gift stuff and it's a global thing so they approached us and you'll hear about this in the podcast they approached us with the idea of us just fulfilling asia right and then we just kind of were like no but we can do everywhere like we can fulfill the entire planet if you want <laughs> and because uh, you know they were basically purchasing the goods in the countries or like in the u.s for example and then shipping them to other countries and we're like you know like that's you're probably paying like four times the amount of money that you should be paying for these uh, products because the goods are coming from China anyways. So you might as well, you know, just source them in China, you save a bunch of money on the production, and then we can also fulfill for you. So yeah, they, they liked the idea. And then, you know, we kind of sent them a proposal and started working on the project. So this podcast was more about just a sort of recap on what's gone on so far we're still in the process of fulfilling the orders Um, we're not 100% done yet but uh, you know it seems to have gone pretty well Um, they seem to be happy with what we've done and they seem to want to engage with us more so pretty exciting stuff and yeah just me and Alan sat down and just kind of talked about it I was in Puerto Galera at the time so there's a nice little backdrop if you see the video but yeah without further ado enjoy the podcast
1: I don't want to be a product of my environment. I want my environment to be a product of me. The initial thing was being... Um... Reached out by Brian, who is the owner at Event Fuel in Ireland. Um, we were friends through my old rugby club, uh, and he had reached out. They were looking initially. I think they were. The idea was that they were hoping to be able to source some product and have us deal with the Asian side of 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 the project. But once we kind of sat down and had a conversation and offered our full services and what we could do for them. So the company that they're, they've they been contracted to is PayPal. It is a th- three part, one in the US, goods to go in the US, one for goods into Europe, and then one for China and APAC. It is essentially a gift box that turns into a board game. So quite a lot of detail in terms of the artwork. Uh, Once you open the box up, on the inside of the box is the board game. They have a few bits and pieces to go with that, Um, a deck of cards, uh, dice, and a few other printing assets. And then each box would come with one gift, either a sunrise alarm clock, a blanket, or a massage neck pillow. So... Initially, as I said, they were kind of looking just for us to get involved with the APAC, but we, we came back and said that we could source all the products, we could get all the, all the packaging printed, we could get all the goods assembled and packed in China, and we could arrange for the freight. So large bulk shipments into the US of the massage pillow and the clock, uh, the goods made up in the box itself, for the European shipment, which is all going to Ireland. And then the goods all made up again and packed, but in for the APAC and for China, but sent out individually. So yeah. I think when we first had the conversation and we kind of said, yeah, we can we can handle everything between between our factories and what we've done in the past with your connections with your freight forwarder as well. And then the initial kind of zoom that we had with fuels team. And they were definitely a bit taken back by the fact that we could do everything. Um, They definitely weren't expecting it. And it was a, it was a a big relief on, on their part. The major issue at the start was the timing. So they need everything delivered by December 9th to the end clients. Of course, China was going on holidays for golden week, which always, always tends to be the thing once you're in a real rush for stuff. So, we knew we had to have all deposits paid by October 15th, if I remember right. Yeah. And we had kind of said, if we can get them all paid by that date, we'll be able to get as close as possible to the to their um, delivery date of the 9th of December. And then we just kind of got the ball rolling on artwork from their side, us arranging quotes the minute China opened back up. And that was, yeah, the, re- the real start of the project.
0: Yeah it was just interesting to me when we first spoke to them. Like one of the things that stood out to me the most was um, we mentioned being, uh, doing quality control inspections and the, and the process of that. And then just the, the fact that they were a little bit surprised that we even do inspections on on the products. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, okay, so I think we can help these guys a lot because one thing is it's for them to save a bunch of money on the production. 'Cause they were sourcing all the products from from Europe and the US before. But it's another thing for them to actually get the same quality products, pretty much the same products, because I'm sure all of the products we were buying were coming from China anyways. But sure, yeah.
1: uh yeah, apart from apart from the blankets, which we didn't source, they were made they were actually made in Scotland. Okay,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. And then yeah, they shipped them over. But yeah, it was one thing for that for them to save money on the actual production, but then to also save money on, I mean, to have the same quality of, of product.
1: Product, yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. And I think later on, they came to us with the print assets, which they were trying to do. And then it was just like too expensive to do it in, in the States and stuff.
1: Well, they actually, so the printing assets and the gift box, they've got some printed in the States for that side. So the... We were just sending the massage pillow and the clock and they were handling all of that. I think that was more of a case. They had had that already arranged and and they had someone to do it kind of reading between the lines. Our pricing was miles better than what they were getting. They had got stuff quoted in Ireland. I know. So our pricing was much better than that. But I think for the U S side of things, it was more of a, they needed the, the, the goods sent out as quickly as possible the bulk production from here. So they decided to stick with their printer there. So we, um, yeah, got rolling on the artwork. We ran into a bit of a issue with the initial box factory that I had brought, a factory that I've worked with for years, but they just seem to be very, very busy at the moment. I mean, it is is peak season and obviously there's people running into delays with what's going on in the freight world and and backups in China. So we had to switch factory out Imaging quickly got that all sorted, which was great. Um, boxes are due to finish tomorrow, so that was a bit of a hiccup um, and a bit of stress. And then I think everything else has been relatively straightforward. We have had a few delays, one or two, one or two days, I think, on on each of the products, but it hasn't been affected that much because of the gift boxes had a few issues with the the payment side of things, but again, nothing major. Um, and we think, obviously, we now have a good solution moving forward with um, with OFX.
0: Yeah. Well, the payments, the payments thing is always an interesting thing because it's like if you want to work with suppliers that are actually based in like mainland China and they don't have international like uh, licenses, like a Hong Kong company or Singapore, a Singapore registered uh, factory or something like that, they need to receive um, payments in local currency. And of course, with it's always been restricted in, in mainland, but it's becoming more and more of an issue right now uh, with the sort of the political climate and all that stuff. And I, just a lot of rules that they changed in the last, I would say, two, three years around money transfers. So if you wanted to do a money transfer directly into an account in the past, there was a couple of different ways that you could do it. You could go transfer USD to a USD account in, in, in China and then transfer that into r and which you would lose a lot of money because of taxes and, you know, the conversion rates and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then there was like, if you wanted to do a smaller transfer to anything like below $10,000, there was, the, I think they're still, they're still there. Actually, they used to do bigger transfers because uh, that's something that Mike used to do before. There's a money, the money vendors in uh, in Hong Kong where you just go there and give them cash or, you know, actually, it's, yeah, it, I think it's only cash. And then they, they transfer to whatever account or Alipay or that. And, um, I mean, the money vendor stuff became more restricted. Uh, the, it's cost prohibitive when you have a bigger transfer to do the USD to USD to r and transfer. And then there were other money transfer services like a GuruMit, like an OFX, where you're basically transferring money to their account, and they're a licensed money vendor, and then they transfer into RB, which is slightly more cost effective. But again, when you start to extrapolate, you know, a certain amount of money, let's say anything over anything over twenty thousand dollars, then you know their fees and the exchange rates that they use start to become, you know, a little bit much. So, but even with GoRumit and even with OFX, like. I think they've also started to feel some crackdown from from China in terms of the rules because government also used to be able to transfer to Alipay or WeChat account and they can't do that anymore. They're asking for more, randomly ask for more additional uh, documents. When you send a transfer out, OFX, we haven't technically used yet, but I've been trying to work with them this week. And I mean, they are like way more, I guess they're a bigger company. So they have more compliance issues and, and also for a new client like like us, it just seems like it's just more difficult than it used to be. But, you know, as long as you, and I mean, we have alternative solutions uh, and then, you know, I'm just, what I'm basically saying is if you are going to work with some of the factories that we're working with, you're going to save a ton of money on the per unit cost, but then you have to take into consideration the actual payments that you're doing yeah so that's where working with a company that has contacts and and has alternative methods because we basically had like three four different ways that we could do this and it was more about which one made sense from a financial standpoint than not being able to do it right so
1: yeah exactly and just having that, yeah having those options is is absolutely key because if we didn't and you're running into even at this project like one or two days is going to make a big difference because realistically we're probably going to get the U.S. shipment out in the next two days, one or two days, yeah. Then hopefully all the goods packed by the twentieth, and then sent out to Ireland in bulk by the twenty-first, twenty-second, and then around Asia as well, um, around the same time, which will obviously be a bit a bit quicker lead time. Mm-hmm. Um, but we need to give the Irish shipment time to get there, get through customs. And then obviously sent out around the country, which will only take a day or two w- once it gets there. So yeah, like at the moment, touch wood, we are we are we are on track. But yeah, we'll see how the next few days goes. Especially because we can't, we have no control over over the shipping lead times and customs and all that sort of stuff.
0: Yeah, so that was the other side of it. Was like we're ahead of schedule in terms of production. And if this was normal times, if this was three years ago, you know, it wouldn't be an issue. If we're shipping by air, which is what we're doing, but yeah, anything can happen with that. There could be any sort of random delays, and and also uh, we're shipping out electronics, so you know there's more um, there's more inspections around that. There's more documentation needed, for- which we have.
1: Which again, we have. We've given ourselves time on that.
0: Yeah,
1: and I suppose that's that's another it's another point of kind of our experience with, with shipping this type of stuff outright and making sure the client knows. And I think that's something that we've been very, very uh, on top of with all of this. Is just constantly reminding about the shipping issues, shipping out electronics, what's going on. Um, yeah. And like as much as as much as much we'll, we'll get this done on time. It's...
0: And the price fluctuations as well.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm having so many people come back to me. I got, I got a quote for Twelve thousand boxes going to Ireland, and I think I was quoted twenty-one thousand U.S. dollars. And now they're like, "Oh, can we ship to France? Will it be cheaper?" And these are the kind of questions you're getting. And I'm like, "Well, I need an address to get the quote, and it's not going to be considerably cheaper to get them shipped there." And it's just really, just really a crazy, 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 crazy time, especially in our industry, and it's having a massive knock-on effect.
0: Yeah, and it's been it's been like that since well. Yeah, the shipping-wise, it's been like that since last year, right? So a lot of the stuff that we're dealing with reminds me of last year in terms of just the unpredictability around it. But I I guess the lesson that we learned last year was more if you can do a bulk shipment and send everything at the same time, then do that. That's the easiest way to do it. And then also make sure that you have enough time. You give yourself... You're not shipping out something that needs to be landed within like three, four days, right? Like you're shipping out something that needs to be there within two weeks yeah Um, because like last year we had i mean last year was uncontrollable with all the the covid products and all that stuff it was just we need this like tomorrow and then but we have to do a production first and it was like everything was already you know crazy but you know it was just that, that lesson like okay we didn't expect those shipping delays to happen right and uh you know that caused a lot of issues i guess what else what else has been part of the project i think I think one of the, I mean, we were talking about this before. Is like there, there must be so many companies like Eventfuel that are have adjusted their business model and require this kind of, you know, kind of work.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I like I had a call with the two owners um, last week, and I was, it, yeah, I was, was on on Friday, and because I kind of, I kind of put that question to them, and they were saying. They are they are a bit unique, okay. In terms of what they offer, but I, I feel like most companies would 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 feel like that about their own business. But I mean, we had spoken about right how can we try and find these guys, these other companies, and it and it turns out that this kind of PayPal operation that they're doing, they're now contracted to them, and there's more plans for that, which will be a part of. And there's other brands or other companies that they're going to be targeting. So like it's it's I think it's. A smart move to let the marketing experts um, go after that type of business, and we stick to what what we're good at in terms of the sourcing and fulfillment and assembly and the, and the freight side of things. But I, I I still think there's kind of opportunity out there, right? Because it's nearly like a new age for a sourcing office that we you're yes you're here to source product, but then you have to offer all these other alternative options and then assembly fulfillment all these different things and we spoke about it that we're looking at a few different things now with with fuel um in terms of having a distribution here in asia and us handling that what they're doing for paypal in terms of their internal products and um, having distribution all over the world rather than it all coming from america which is not not sustainable and not good for the environment which is a which is a big focus of theirs and a big focus of all of these large large um, kind of uh, silicon valley companies right so i definitely think there's lots of opportunity there to kind of be the boots on the ground in asia i mean the fact that buyers can't even get out this way for a lot of these companies and and i don't know how soon they'll be able to get out this way or into mainland china so there's definitely options there. It's just trying to find trying to find the right people to talk to in these businesses. Yeah,
0: that's true. I mean, even if it's not necessarily a company exactly like Event Fuel, it could be, you know, a small to medium sized or medium to large size company that has been sourcing from China, has been going to the fair, uh, the, the fairs every year, and just can't go right now, and and they they don't have an office there. Great, right, because
1: exactly yeah. like my family business. Yeah, like a a, a 20, 25 million, um five million euro company who who needs to constantly be developing new products and account on fair is their main source of that and, and not being able to get out. So, I think that's that's where good opportunity could be. Um, it's just marketing in the in the right way. I think.
0: Yeah, which is. I mean kind of what we're doing right now when we you know record a video podcast which will go out and you start to put that um, information up into the into the universe because even um uh, for example like uh, Mike and I had been talking about this for the past year in terms of changing our strategy of the type of clients that we go towards and what's happened is I've started to create you know um little uh, ebooks and you know just podcasts and video casts about not how to source, but like the beyond the sourcing, right? Like managing your actual productions and managing, you know, your supply chain as a whole. Yeah. Um, and then just giving examples of, of companies where we created a quality management system for them. Or, I mean, now we're talking about, you know, sourcing production, uh, warehousing, like we're, t- we're talking about stuff. That's a little bit beyond um, the beginner stage. So I think that's it. And then, and then the main thing. Is- hey what's up guys thanks for listening to this episode of the made in china podcast if you want to reach out to us that's podcast at sourcefinasia.com if you want to check out the show notes from the episode that you just watched that's sourcefinasia.com slash made in china and be sure to also check out our youtube channel sourcefinasia all one word cheers